You're listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast, episode four. Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. I'd like to welcome today's featured guest, Don Crawley. Don is the author of seven books for IT pros, including the Accidental Administrator series of Cisco and Linux configuration guides, and the Compassionate Geek, the IT customer services book. He's a lifetime geek, having been involved with technology since the 1970s. He's also the owner of SoundTraining.net, the Seattle-based IT training firm. So, Don, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your background beyond that brief summary? Well, my wife always says I should include that I'm very good looking, but, you know, I think she's biased in that regard. <laughs> I think you may as well make the most of it if you can. Well, that's right. And, you know, as long as she thinks that, then everything's good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or at least if she, if she doesn't think that, she never lets me know. <laughs> right. Um, can you share with us a unique career tip that maybe people should know and they don't? Sure. You know, um, One of the things that I've observed, especially with people who are in the early stages of their IT career, is that that often they underestimate the importance of other people. And and because we are in uh, in a technical field, uh, it's easy to to think in terms of uh, technical mastery. And and while technical mastery is critically important, and and certainly it comes before anything else, in terms of building an IT career, it's the people that you work with who really will have the ultimate say as to whether you gain promotions and advancement in your career. And and I, I think about a, a story um, that is somewhat IT-related, but very much technical-related. In, in an earlier phase of my career, when I was working at a radio station, and we had a chief engineer who was very technically competent. Um, he he was able to tune antenna systems. He knew RF and audio. He was just wonderful when it came to his technical skills, but he was terrible in his people skills. And yeah. he had bad personal hygiene. He was rude. He was gruff. He was disagreeable. He was just really awful to be around. And we finally had to sack him. I think in, in Great Britain, you use the term sack here. We'd say yep. fire him. Yep. Um, because we just couldn't work with him. And and so he was underestimating the impact of his lack of people skills, not only on the people around him, but also on his career. And and so my one big and unique career tip that you asked for is that, that, yes, you must master your technical skills because these are technical jobs. Critically important that, that you be a master of of Internet Protocol or IPv6 or, you know, whatever the technology is that you're working with, whether it's DNS or, or firewalls or whatever, that you have to master that. But, but you also must master people skills. And, and in fact, in my, uh, in my corporate training and keynotes, we talk about competence and charisma and, and how you have to strike a balance between the two. So that's, I think that's the, the most important thing I could say to someone. Master your technical skills, but also master people skills. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it's definitely something um, that makes a difference in the workplace, and I don't think it's just limited to IT, although 
I think some of the characters and the and the sort of the historic <laughs> stereotypes you might yes. hear of do do sometimes have those skills lacking. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're you're quite right in, in saying that it's not limited to IT, but that's you know that's what we're talking about. But yes. certainly, I've seen I've seen salespeople who were wonderful at dealing with their customers, but when it came time to come back to the office, they were terrible at dealing with their colleagues at the office. And and same thing happened. They they ended up losing jobs because they couldn't work well with the people around them. So it's critically important to be able to do that. Yeah, that's how you agree. Um, can you give us um, a story around your worst IT career moment and what you learned from it? <laughs> you know, um, I was thinking about that in anticipation of this, and, and there Unfortunately, Phil, there is not one worst IT career moment. <laughs> but but I, I will say that that uh, they they almost all, as I was thinking about it, I, I really couldn't think of one particular one. But but they they all involved a lack of preparation and a lack of a backup. Yes. And and in the early days, I, I didn't get into this. Originally, as an IT person, as you mentioned in the intro, I've always been a geek, so technology has always come natural to me, and, and I've always played with it. But, but um, in my early days working in IT, I didn't get, I didn't understand the importance of having a backup until a couple of catastrophic failures, where I was working on something and and um, brought an entire system down. And, and, you know, I'm not very bright, and so it took a couple of times of that happening before I finally figured out that before you do anything else, make a backup. And, and so uh, I think those are the worst moments. And, and they are the worst not just because they're embarrassing and frustrating for, for me as a systems admin, but also because of the impact that they had on the people who were counting on me to provide a high level of, of uptime systems that were doing what they were supposed to do. And so I, I realized... Not only was I frustrated because I had made a mistake, but also because I was having a terrible impact on other people's ability to do their jobs. Yeah, I've I've seen the uh, <laughs> the absence of backups myself, so it can be yeah, extremely yeah. frustrating. Yeah, you know, we hosed a Cisco switch one time, um, and and I'm not even sure how it happened, but somehow or another we managed to destroy the the operating uh, system, the the system image on it. Um, and and so we had to restore it through uh, an X modem restore, and it was tedious. And systems were down for a long time because it was very very slow. We had to find an image, and you know it was just it was terrible. And had we had a backup, then it would have been uh, probably a two minute restore. And as it was, it, it took us I don't remember how long it was, maybe an hour hour and a half to, to get it done. So it, it, just in in talking to people who are thinking about beginning their career. Um, Always have a backup. Make a <laughs> copy of those Etsy files or you know, copy the yeah. system images. I mean, people must have experienced the same thing with their own laptops and personal computers at home. So having oh, a backup yeah. is is just yeah. so so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and and sometimes it's not even your your fault. Obviously, uh, you know, you have a hard drive that that fails. That's nobody's fault. But but if you have a backup, then it's a minor inconvenience as opposed to a major obstacle. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from the worst, maybe you can give us a bit of an understanding of possibly your IT career highlight or greatest success. You know, uh, again, I couldn't think of one in particular, um, but I, I thought about what is the what is the most important thing that I can do 
as an IT person, and where do I have the greatest impact on the people that count on me to provide systems that, that are, are running? And I began to realize that it really, throughout my entire career with technology, even before I got into IT, when I was working in, in broadcast automation systems, that, that it's about understanding automation and helping people work more creatively. And, and by, by automating systems, um, and through either, in the old days, you know, we do it through, through, uh, systems of relays and, and now we're using artificial intelligence. But, but regardless of whether it's, it's, uh, old technology or new technology, what we're doing by automating systems is we are freeing people to think more creatively, productively, and efficiently than they've ever been able to before. And, and that's very exciting to me. I just recently automated some processes in my own office that, that are a huge benefit to me personally and to the people I work with. And, and by doing that, again, it's, it's what computers and computer systems do very well is they, they do repetitive routine tasks extremely well. And yeah. when we can, by, by our knowledge of technology, remove those repetitive, routine, frankly boring tasks from the human experience, that frees the humans up to use their amazing brains to think more creatively and to develop new solutions and to think collaboratively and, and to communicate across boundaries. So I think you asked for the, the greatest IT career highlight, and it's an ongoing one in that we and IT are facilitating global communication and collaboration in a scale that are on a scale that, uh, that we haven't seen ever before. I mean, it's, it's, there's an enlightenment taking place today and, and IT is the fabric that underpins all of that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I also think, um, that people who work in IT now need to be more aware of the benefits of what they're doing in yes, terms of what absolutely. they're delivering. And I think historically people have been very much siloed in what they do yeah. and not necessarily seeing the bigger picture. And I think that has to change um, as, as IT becomes more and more part of everyday life. Yes. And, and I, you know, earlier you said that we were talking about the importance of people skills and you mentioned that it's not just in IT. And I think that, 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 that same idea applies in what we're talking about here, that, that we need to be thinking more globally. And, and by globally, I'm not talking about in terms of uh, around the, the world. I'm talking about thinking outside just IT and, and that, that everyone needs to be doing that, whether you're a physician or an accountant or an automotive mechanic or an IT professional, that we need to be understanding the impact of what we do on the people whose yes. lives we touch and their careers and their families and understand that, that when we, when we deploy a new configuration, it's not just a matter of how it affects that particular, let's say it's a Linux server and we, we do something with, with Apache, you know, just whatever comes off the top of my head here, but, but that it not only affects the people that are touched by it directly, but it's also their families and their friends and, and people who will never know are, are touched by our work. And, and I think we need to think about that and, and how what we do affects other human beings. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, so, can you give me an understanding of what, where you think the IT industry is going and what it might hold in store for people entering into a, into a career in IT? Well, uh, it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, that, that IT is evolving very, very quickly. And one of the things that got me really excited about it when I first got into it was the fact that the uh, amount of knowledge um, – 
in IT is increasing exponentially all the time. And, yes. And so there's no way to know it all. And, and so some people get frustrated or intimidated by that. And, and I, I was that way early on until I realized that that's part of the excitement of IT is, is that, that you'll never know it all. And so it's a matter of finding what it is that excites you and piques your curiosity and interest and then working to master that, to become the best in the world or whatever the technology is that you support. And then realizing, going back to what we were just talking about, that as you become the best in the world at, uh, 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 let's say that you're a DNS administrator, that as you become really, really good at DNS and you understand how name resolution works and, and how that impacts people, to realize that, that what you're doing has an impact way beyond the, the office in which you work. And that, that again, you as an IT person are facilitating global collaboration and communication and, and that you're part of this enlightenment that is taking place now, the likes of which we haven't seen since the days of the Renaissance. And I, that to me is thrilling. I mean, that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And, and then to add on top of that, Phil, that, that when we realize that, that we in IT provide that underpinning, the, that, that underlying fabric that is is going all around the world and is underneath all of the communication, the corporate and academia and government communication and collaboration, that that we then have an opportunity to have an impact on the world. And you've probably heard speakers and writers talk about the impact of the ripple, where I touch someone in a positive way and that creates a ripple that goes around yeah. the world. And, and And we really have that opportunity. And so from my view, that's one of the most exciting things about, about IT. It is through the use of technology that we can unite the world. And, and that sounds like, uh, you know, a wild-eyed dreamer, but it's happening right now. And, and, I mean, think about what's going on with technology and the Large Hadron Collider. And, and it was at CERN that Tim Berners-Lee created the World Wide Web to facilitate yeah. global collaboration. So, you know, it's pretty cool to be a part of this field. Indeed, yeah, I totally agree. Okay, we're going to move into the quickfire reveal round. Okay. So, um, firstly, what attracted you to a career in IT in the first place? Oh, that's easy. I mentioned that I was working in, in radio broadcasting, and yeah. this was uh, back in the 80s. And um, our, we had chief engineers who were highly technically competent, not just the one guy that I was talking about, but others who also had people skills, but they didn't, they just, weren't able to wrap their brains around computers and networking. And, and I thought it was really cool, and, and I'm fundamentally kind of lazy. And, <laughs> and I saw a network as a way that I could control the radio station without having to get up from my desk. Okay, um, yes. And, and so, so I talked to the engineers about implementing it, and they poo-pooed the idea, and so I just did it myself. And so during the day, I'd you know, wear my coat and tie, and then after hours, I'd put on my jeans and a T-shirt, and we'd start cabling the building. And and uh, implementing printer sharing networks and remote control systems and and uh, things like that and 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 it was it, it wasn't very long before because I've, I've been a geek all my life it wasn't very long before I realized that that was a whole lot more fun than dealing with personnel issues um, <laughs> as a radio station manager yeah. and so so I uh, I ended up moving into that and and there were some other things that were were outside my control the the radio broadcasting industry in the U.S. changed dramatically around that time and. And I found myself looking for work, and, and I was just more drawn to, to teaching technology than going back to radio broadcasting. Right. Okay. Re yeah, that's a really interesting story. It was by default and by accident. <laughs> Did you actually end up st staying in your desk? or? Uh... 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was interesting because what I, I I had a DEC Pro 350 computer with an amber monitor and a whopping five meg hard drive. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> And we use that to schedule music. I'm sorry, I'm t- talking to a Brit. I should say schedule, shouldn't I? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we anyway. tend to use it interchangeably now. Is that right? I'm curious. So where do you get an education? Is that at a school or a shul? Oh, it's definitely a school. Okay. I just want to be clear on that. Yes. Anyway, um, you know, it was it was kind of, it was just fun messing around with it. and And that was probably about maybe 10 years before I finally left broadcasting and, and started working as an IT trainer and consultant uh, on a full-time basis. Right. Okay. And what is the best career advice you've ever received yourself? That was an interesting question. And, and in fairness to uh, the people in the audience, Phil let me know that that question was coming up and I had to think about it. And I went back to a guy I worked for uh, named Michael Costello, who's one of the smartest, kindest people I ever knew. And he always said, don't let your emotions interfere with your bank account and don't let your bank account interfere with your emotions. And, and you know, I got to thinking about it. A lot of times we take stands because of a principle, and, and that's admirable. Um, and yet, you know, we also have an obligation to take care of our, our families and our ourselves and not to be a burden on society. And I think so his advice was, you know, when you're talking about emotions – Keep and when you're talking about your your bank account, keep the two separate and 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 deal with your bank account in kind of a this sounds cruel, but I don't mean it that way in kind of a cold calculating way and let your emotions deal with things on a, a touchy feely way, but but don't let them get mixed up. Yeah, that's good advice. I I thought it was great. Yeah. If if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you be doing? If I were if I were going to begin an IT career right now, I would learn coding. Yeah. Um, and, and I've never been a coder. When I first got interested, back with that Deck Pro 350, um, we got our first IBM PC XT shortly after that. And I thought, well, I need to learn how to to write code. And so I went and bought one of those big, huge, you know, 1,200 page uh, Q manuals on assembly language programming. <laughs> uh-huh. How far did really you get? True. And and so I sat out to learn assembly language code, uh, coding, and I wrote enough code to produce one character on screen, and I thought, this is for somebody else, not me. And and knowing what I know now, what I should have done is I should have taken up BASIC um, and, and then gotten into it and maybe ultimately evolved into assembly language programming, or maybe not, but, but started with something that was a, a, little, a little easier to wrap my brain around. And then the other thing that I thought about, in addition to that, was uh, that uh, I think that the value of a degree is often uh, understated. And to get a, a computer science degree, a four-year degree, not only teaches you computer science, but you also learn philosophy and literature and, and uh, music or, or something outside of that field. And I think that, that what I've noticed is that a lot of people in our field, and I think this is true in a lot of technical fields, are are almost one-dimensional, and and so I think that the value of a college degree is often uh, understated and, frankly, cannot be overstated. And I know that that kind of goes against the grain with what people are talking about these days with technical education and the importance of it. But, you know, uh, what a college degree, a diploma will help you learn critical thinking skills so that as artificial intelligence and automation become more and more fact of life, we're better equipped to adapt 
to the new circumstances and to find ways of supporting ourselves. Yeah, no, very good. Uh, what career objectives are you focusing on right now yourself? Um, you, you know, th- that's a, a question perhaps best reserved for a younger person um, because I'm uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty firmly entrenched in my career and I, I'm just continuing to learn and enjoy it a lot and. Um, you know, I, I still uh, manage my own Linux servers, and, and right. Um, so, I, but I don't think I would be pursuing new certifications now. Um, m- frankly, most of my professional work uh, now is related to uh, teaching communication, customer service, and people skills to IT people, and so uh, that's really what I'm working on these days. Okay, so you're, you're spreading your knowledge, which is a great I, thing I'm to do. I'm trying to. I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pontificating. Uh, ad nauseum, and hopefully somebody will listen every now and then. <laughs> What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career? Oh, that's easy. It's empathy. Yeah. Being able to to imagine what the other person is going through. And I, I, I think I read it, maybe I saw a TED Talk recently where they talked about the the problem with empathy. It's a popular topic these days. And people, people always say that it's, it's about being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Well, you can't do that. I can't imagine what your life is like any more than you can, can experience my life. But, but I, can, I can imagine your frustration, your fear, your excitement, your joy at accomplishing certain things or when certain uh, uh, phenomena occur in your life. And so for me, I, I, that was a, a great freeing moment when I realized that I didn't have to put myself in your position, but rather to imagine what you're going through. And, yeah. and, and I've, I think I've always had a pretty good ability to do that. I haven't always acted very well on it, but I've always had the ability to do it. <laughs> and, and, and so I think that's been <clears throat> one of the, one of the uh, uh, non-technical skills, maybe the primary non-technical skill that's helped me in my career. This, can I have two? Or am you I can, yes. To? No, go okay. ahead. But the, the second one is that um, I've always had a knack for public speaking, um, and uh, that may be because my father was a, a, a pastor, and, and so I grew up around that. But but I've always been pretty good at communicating my ideas, and so I think being able to put myself in the other person's position or at least imagine what they're going through and then to be able to express my ideas in a uh, um, in an understandable way, uh, has both of those skills have helped me a lot in my career as far as non-technical skills. Great, good, great answers. Um, right, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Well, sure. I mean, it goes back to uh, the one big and unique career tip, and that's to never underestimate the importance of other people, because those other people. Um, can make or break your career, no matter how good you might think you are, um, if you don't have good relationships. And this doesn't mean that you have to be the most likable person. You just have to uh, treat people with dignity and respect and, and, and listen to them and, and uh, understand that they can impact your career. And then you can avoid a phenomenon that in my, in my book, The Compassionate Geek, I call death by water cooler. And that's where people start saying bad stuff about you behind your back, and all of a sudden your career is torpedoed, and you have no idea what happened. And so I think that that's probably the, the biggest piece of advice is master the technical skills. Absolutely. You must master technical skills. They come first because these are technical jobs. But never underestimate the importance of people skills in terms of your long-term career success. There's a guy named Daniel Goleman who wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, Why It Matters More Than IQ. 
And he talked about uh, in his book about how in Silicon Valley, <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of organizations will hire you based on your technical skills, but that it's your emotional intelligence. Your IQ gets you the job. It's your EIQ, your emotional intelligence, that is a better predictor of your long-term career success. And my son, John, <clears throat> is an inside technical recruiter at Dropbox. And Dropbox is is home to arguably the highest performing technical engineers, software engineers in the industry. I mean, they, they their expectations of their software engineers far exceed anything that I could imagine. And and John told me that that the process of bringing an engineer on board at Dropbox involves first of all a technical interview, and that that gets you if you pass the technical interview, then that gets you on site for a collaborative interview, and it's your collaborative interview that gets you the job. So your technical skills get you the interview, and your collaborative skills get you the job. And it's kind of the same thing. Your technical skills allow you to do your job, and your people skills or your collaborative skills allow you to build your career by interfacing successfully with the people around you. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, in particular the distinct, distinction between job and career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, what's the best way that we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, uh, I'm all over the Internet, so if you just Google on my name, you'll find me. Don't confuse me with Kanye West manager who has the same name as I. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> I actually every now and then get calls from people wanting to know if I can hook them up with Kanye. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, just Google on my name. Uh, my website is www.doncrawley.com. Can I make a free ebook offer? Of course. Yes. So you can download a free ebook of uh, my book, The Five Principles of IT Customer Service Success, if you go to doncrawley.com slash free dash book. And uh, it's there for you to download, and it comes with uh, a series of eight uh, email lessons at no additional charge, and, and uh, um, it gives you some insights into the compassionate geek thinking. Brilliant. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Don, thank you so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been fantastic talking to you and listening to your to your uh, career history. Well, thank you, Phil, and thank you for doing this. I think you're doing a great service to the industry by, by asking the kinds of questions that you're asking, and, and I wish you tremendous success. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Don Crawley. In the next episode, I'll be speaking with Maddie Field, who is Head of Business Sustainability and Innovation at FDM Group. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every Monday. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.